0: Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but they can help us all to grow.
1: In each episode, we spend some time catching up and share what we've been doing recently. We share something that we've really enjoyed that we think you will enjoy too. And then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant. And while a lot of you might be thinking about it, maybe you're not having the conversations about it. And we want to open up that conversation. So don't forget to get in touch with us and all the details that are down in the show notes. And of course, hit subscribe on whatever platform you're on because there's a new episode every single Wednesday happy new year happy new year 2024 how excited are you i am buzzing we're turning 30 this year i say we because i feel like you've not really turned 30 because we've not celebrated together um we're both we're both engaged the rain is pouring the sky is miserable but i feel positive (laughs)
0: That is good that is that is good i actually feel like i haven't or thought about anything really for this year yet like no no goal setting nothing like that easing into it very slowly and it feels really nice to honestly just take that pressure off like it feels like a fresh start but without the pressure that I would usually put on myself which a nice feeling
1: yeah definitely I feel like the way I approached like goals and all of that this year was very much like stripping it back keeping it simple focusing more on the short term and because I feel like come March, April where the spring hits in you get that kind of renewed energy and that excitement again whereas actually getting through the rest of winter is a bit tough and so instead of setting like these crazy ambitions I've just gone what makes me feel good so what can I do more like how can I do more of that and we say it every year but just knowing you can get back into a routine is very comforting.
0: Honestly my goals for this year are to be able to live in the same country as taylor and to have a place where i can actually put all of my crap rather than living out of a suitcase those are the most like non me goals i think i've ever had but i'm <laughs> all i want to come out of this year if i can achieve those two things i will be happy
1: yes Keep it simple. I want you to get a place as well, not so just so that I can visit you more, Um, but also because I realize the things I've got you for Christmas are things, and I was like, "Mm, she really needs a permanent place for these. So,
0: this is the story about this is why we ship stuff back when we're like we've shipped stuff from from Vietnam from from Japan because we keep acquiring stuff. We haven't got anywhere to put it. So my poor parents just have stacks of our stuff arriving in the post from all over the world which
1: sounds more <laughs>
0: fun than it actually is at least for them
1: I guess it's interesting for them to see what you've bought
0: I don't think they're unpacking it they're just basically signing for the for the past
1: <laughs> it'll be like Christmas has come early for you guys when you get back though because you'll have all of these things that you definitely have forgotten about <laughs>
0: 100% how did you spend your new year
1: New Year was super quiet, which is exactly how I like it. So we went out for dinner. We spent the 31st just tidying our flat. Like we had a couple of days during Christmas and New Year. And we decided we wanted to get those really boring adult jobs done. And it's a real sign of ageing because we were so excited and got so much joy from reorganising our Tupperware. And sorting out the moniker cupboard. Because frankly, it was out of control. And so we've got a new storage system in there. Um, It was pointed out that I have too many things to help organise myself. And he's like, at what point does the organization solutions actually become a hindrance? Which is a very valid question. Um, (laughs) Because I've got a lot of gym bags. I had three gym bags. Yeah, I argued that some of them weren't technically gym bags. One of them was a the silly little backpack I bought when I came to visit you in Croatia and I thought I needed a really small backpack for hand luggage and it came and it was far smaller than I actually realised it would be. Um, So <laughs> I literally could only get a pair of jeans in it. So needless to say, that was not what I used for the trip. But we then went out to dinner. We went to one of our favourite restaurants in Oxford and um, And we were home by 7pm on the sofa with a hot water bottle and some Christmas chocolates. I had a nap, put on my pyjamas, woke up at about half eleven, saw in the new year and then went straight to bed. Very nice. Very nice. Loved it. What did you do in South Korea?
0: We were with our friends Becky and James, which was so, so nice. like To see a familiar face. For this many months ah oh, it was just it was so wonderful to see them I w- regardless of whether it was new year or not it was amazing um so yeah we just we went out for food with Korean fried chicken and Ooh. um beer with like Korean soju in it but they served it in pirates like glass pirates. I saw this
1: it really made me laugh
0: yeah it was I mean it was great to be fair and then we the then we didn't even know where there was going to be fireworks. They don't really do like big fireworks. They do, but they're at like the specific places outside the city that we weren't bothered about standing in the freezing cold in the crowds for.
1: No. Um, but
0: there was some at the bottom of the road and me and James basically raced each other down the pavement to go and watch them. Um, and then we we went back to our hotel room and the four of us had, they would bought us a bottle of champagne for our engagement and the four of us drank. The champagne which they brought all the way from australia which was absolutely lovely and
1: Aww.
0: just a really so nice after all of this time to to see someone from home to spend that time with them before they left although how they got on flight the next morning i'll never know because we were all feeling a little worse for wear
1: yeah i was that smug person who started the 1st of january not hungover um i'm jealous <laughs> I mean yeah I did feel pretty smug it was nice I've spent many a January 1st hungover so I feel like um it's a nice change of pace (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, what's your first recommendation for 2024
1: oh I feel like it's a good one it's a juicy one um this might not be new we had never spotted it on netflix before so there's a bit of context for you um but the there's well it's new to us documentary on netflix called madoff the monster of wall street it's all about bernie madoff who i had heard of but didn't really know who he was um and he was charged with fraud in 2008 having committed the largest fraud in american history possibly global history um and he basically was running a giant ponzi scheme um and i now finally understand what a ponzi scheme is it's one of those things i've always had to look up every single time i hear it even though i know what it is um but he is very much kind of the face of why the banking industry had such a horrific reputation and Mm -hmm. it looks at how over the course of like 50 years he basically was taking people's money telling them that he was investing it with zero risk and they were getting these incredible returns um but it turned out that none of the money was there people working with him kind of thought oh he's kind of storing the money in another bank account somewhere if all the cash was recalled we could pay it off but that was just not the case at all there was nothing it was a giant ponzi scheme and what was so fascinating was the way in which the sec played into this because people had investigated it they had looked at it but the kind of due diligence they had done was so lacking that actually when the sec looked into it and then went actually no there's nothing going on here that's untoward um it kind of gave him more credibility and more people trusted him so many people were hurt by this like actually the final episode is the best episode I think so it's it's split over four episodes but the end of episode three I kind of thought oh god this could have probably just been three episodes and actually I think episode four needed its own moment because it looks at the fallout of what happened so the first three episodes are kind of the lead up to when it gets discovered how it happened all of these really interesting first person accounts of people who knew him really well and how they didn't expect it and how they didn't know and how he got away with it basically and then the fourth episode is the undoing of it all and what happened when he was caught and how his sons were the ones who turned him over to the fbi um because if they hadn't turned him in they were going to be classed as accessories to the crime and so Mm -hmm. they were faced with this awful decision they turn they turn him over to the fbi and then it's just the unraveling of what happens to not only that family which is so truly tragic but the people who had invested with him People lost everything. Like literally, people who had worked for decades had put all of their retirement funds, taken them out of their retirements and put them in with Bernie Madoff thinking he's got a great track record. Um and how like what that impact has been. It's Yeah, truly... I actually think
0: I recommended this on the podcast in early twenty twenty three. I'm definitely <laughs> But I agree it is absolutely fab like it's I mean fab in terms of it, it was far more interesting than I like, ever expected yes series about to be I agree like that the last episode I just remember like the elderly people who yeah oh. had into it and they, they had lost everything and some of them were able to get some compensation but it was like a fraction of the amount of money that they had, they had put like, in It was just
1: devastating for me it also really highlighted how like it yes there's so much of a responsibility in the individual when investing but how important it is that there is some sort of level of government control and oversight because i when you first hear about it you kind of go how could you possibly be silly enough to invest all your money when it says it's risk-free but then when you understand how they got to that point you kind of go actually i would probably trust it yeah because it's not like they're not smart people um but yeah, like you said, I didn't, I didn't think it'd be as interesting, a documentary about Wall Street, but it was really interesting. And now I feel like I have a bit more of an understanding of that period in time, because I don't know about you, like the 2008 financial crisis, I feel like it was just when we were starting to have that awareness of the world around us more. And mm-hmm. yeah, the I remember like the impacts of it, but I wasn't personally affected because I was a child. Whereas, Hmm. actually, looking back, you can kind of understand how stressful that must have been.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. I I just had no idea really about like the extent of it and elements of it like that, like massive Ponzi scheme. You don't even consider that when you're younger, that that's part of that period of time. Yeah. Because you obviously don't understand it. You don't even know what they are. But yeah, it is so interesting.
1: What is your first recommendation of the year? Is it one that I've already recommended on the podcast? (laughs) No, but I actually think it might be one
0: I've recommended before. However,
1: there is feel a thing like it... here, but if something's good, why not?
0: Also, other people might be listening or people might have forgotten. I'm I mean, we both forgot. So... <laughs> I'm also one of those people who's like, oh, that it was a really good thing that someone mentioned that one time. And I can't recall what it is. But it is um, Airello, which is an eSIMP and... When I tell you this is probably my most used app of the last two years, I just can't emphasize enough how useful it is. So basically, if your phone is eSIM enabled, you can download this app and you can get an eSIM on your phone. So most smartphones will be able to do this. Most of like the new models of yeah, everything, Pixel, Samsung, iPhone, you'll be able to do it. And rather than when you travel rather than getting hit with massive roaming charges or buying a local sim card you buy an e-sim you activate it on your phone and that provides you with data in that country and Airelo has e-sims over 200 countries and they do regional as well so if you're traveling around europe to a few countries they have a europe sim if you're traveling around asia they have an asian sim as well as individual country ones and the deal is just Amazing. Like if you've ever been hit with a massive roaming bill. And especially now I know that a lot of uh the phone plan providers as well are no longer covering EU travel. So you can also use this in the EU as well as see North America, Asia, everywhere, all over the world. But if you go to Europe a lot and you are now getting hit with those roaming charges, you can use this, download it to your phone, you have instant data access, and you can continue to use it and the prices are incredible I think I'll I'll usually pay between like 15 and 20 dollars for maybe 10 gigs and it lasts for 30 days and you can top it up as much as you want to as well that is
1: so Um, good because when we went to Toronto and when I went to New York I got really hit by big roaming bills because yes there's wi-fi in places but ultimately like you do need to be able to access certain things and speak to certain people and like find out where like like we were meeting our uber driver and all of those little things so you kind of turn your data on thinking it is worth it it's just a cost that you have to absorb but it is a painful bill to absorb
0: yeah yeah it is and it's just so quick and easy all on an app on your phone like so straightforward to use and i'll put my this is not like i'm not an affiliate it's well i am an affiliate but no anyone who signs up has a referral code i'll put my referral code in the Oh, Notes because you get three pounds and I get three pounds.
1: Oh, um, nice. Okay. I'm well, doing this.
0: so. Additional tip which I'll put in, and this is not my discount code, but they do a 10% off discount code every month as well. It's like the shortened version of the month and 10. So this month is Jan 10. This month is Feb 10. And you can use it as much as you want every time you purchase. There's no like limit as well. So uh,
1: that is amazing. Okay. I'm going to download that um, so that I've got it. How do you spell Arello?
0: It is a I-R-A-L-O.
1: Amazing. Thank you. Brilliant recommendation. Thank you. I try. We, we kicked off the year strong. Right. Shall we discuss our first topic because it is a nice juicy one. It's all about change and embracing change because, let's be honest, we are self-confessed or reformed. I feel like reformed might be a better word there, reformed haters of change. We like the status quo. We like knowing what's going to happen. We don't like uncertainty, but change is inevitable. And actually at the start of the year, if you kind of go into it, accepting that you need to embrace the change, I feel like life just becomes that bit easier. Yeah, I definitely,
0: to give us both credit, as much as we used to hate change, I do think we also see, we both now see the benefits and the possibilities and opportunities that can come with change. Like it's yeah. it's inevitable, so why try and avoid it? Yes, it's uncomfortable, especially at the new year when everyone's talking about goal setting and resolutions, I think it's really important to, I guess, say that change can still be on your terms and you can embrace it and you can welcome change without feeling, I guess, like the, the fear of change, which I know a lot of people have.
1: Yeah. I think it can feel quite intimidating and can't it because change and uncertainty kind of are almost synonymous. And while so often you can't control That things change you can always control how you react to that change and I think that is something that has really given me a lot of comfort in the past few years because it's almost like I said this to you earlier like if you think of change as a river that's flowing around you you can either go along with it just accept it literally go with the flow or you can be like a rock that's standing there refusing to move refusing to embrace it and all that happens is you just get worn down the change is still going to happen it's still going to go past you but you're the one almost getting hurt by the change whereas if you go this might be a bit hard and scary and I don't know what's ahead but let's just go with it you almost give yourself a bit of grace and you stop that kind of internal struggle and frustration that change is happening because so it's going to happen anyway so you may as well try and embrace it
0: yeah and I think humans are hardwired to be resistant to change to avoid the unknown it's like that kind of survivor like protective mechanism but then I almost feel like you end up with this narrative that change is something that happens to you and obviously yes unexpected things can happen and it doesn't change isn't always good it can be something horrible or shocking or uncomfortable also it, it doesn't have to be passive or something that you just let happen to you because it feels out of your control like you said you can control how you respond and react and adjust also how quickly you implement changes like you don't contrary to what everyone says about new year's resolutions and goals you don't need to make a change overnight or all in january or all in the first couple of months in the year like it's never going to be something that happens overnight and obviously you're not going to be perfect at something first so i think Seeing change as something that you can have some control over, as uncomfortable as that feels, rather than just letting it happen to you is, I guess, definitely helped at least how I approach change, even if it is something that's really uncomfortable.
1: And I guess there's two types of change as well, right? So there's that kind of out of your control change, like life happens, people come into your life, people leave your life, jobs change, circumstances change, and you can't, you can only have a limited amount of control over that. And then there's a sort of change that is more innate to you when you know you have to make a change to get to where you want to be. And I think so often, especially at the start of a year, that's the sort of change people focus on and go like throw themselves into. Like if you think of the other type of change, of us all being quite resistant to it, and then you have the change that you want to make and you throw yourself in head first. I think so often we do that with the best intention in the world Like you're motivated you're excited you know that what you want is on the other side of that change and that's brilliant but it's done in an unsustainable way and if you've woken up on the first of january saying i'm doing dry january i'm gonna work out five times a week i'm gonna do the january I'm going to do all of these other things. Maybe you said I'm going to do 75 hard. The reason people don't stick to 75 hard past the first 75 days is because it isn't a sustainable way to live. You'd be far better, in my opinion at least, going, I want to read a bit more this year. So your goal is you put a book next to your bedside table and you say you're going to read 10 pages each night. Instead of saying you want to like work out six, seven times a week, You I'm just going to move my body a bit every day because then it's something you can actually incorporate into your life in a way that is achievable.
0: Yeah. And I think as much as I sat here and kind of joked, like all I want is to go to live in the same country and have a place to put my crap. I think the bigger, and I know we've spoken about this already, but the bigger, I guess, motivation behind me not having big overarching goals and resolutions for this year is because I know there's going to be a huge amount of change coming this year. I don't 100% know what it looks like, but I know that it's coming. So mm-hmm. I'm, a, I just want to approach this year gently and ease into the change. And I guess have like compassion, a little bit more compassion for myself. That, okay, this is going to be difficult. Let's not dive in head first, like you said, and just go hundred percent because it's not, it's not going to be sustainable. And hope that that's like a sign of my growth because god two years ago three years ago I would, I would have been like nope where are my resolutions i need more written down i need to have a full plan whereas having that slightly different approach of i know there's going to be a lot of change what can i do to like welcome it in that works for me is mm. yeah has felt
1: nice refreshing there's something really important there as well about allowing yourself to enjoy change because a lot of the changes that you're going to have this year um will be like really positive exciting changes that you're going to get married you're going to find your first like proper place together to live like they're really exciting lovely things and I think if you try and do too many things alongside that and you focus all about like I've got to have these big overarching goals and change all of the little things in my life as well you almost don't give yourself a chance to enjoy the moment and yes those things will be really stressful and yes there will be moments where you're like oh god like almost that like, you want to go up to the status quo of like what you're comfortable with but if you if you kind of give yourself the space to embrace it and enjoy it as well I just think it does become a bit easier that you almost have a different approach to it and it's not as I must say not as scary
0: yeah and I think that approach thing is a really good point because as soon as you start to reframe how you see change in that kind of way, then you see it more as even when it is something big or scary or uncertain, you also see that there's possibilities and opportunities that could come from it. And if you're so busy, like rushing headlong through it to get it over and done with, you might miss those or you might miss a path that maybe you hadn't. And I know we've spoken about this before about seizing opportunities, but changes is a big or can be a big upheaval. It doesn't, I guess, rushing through it isn't always the best thing to do when there could be other possibilities that come up along the way.
1: Yeah, I also think you can kind of view it as something that's going to unsettle you and disrupt or something that might give you a new opportunity. And if you're in a work environment, for example, where things change very quickly, whether it's like the industry you're in or just kind of the nature of the company I think that can be really unsettling, but you can flip it quite easily or in quite a straightforward way and say, okay, that just means that if I miss this opportunity, another one will be along shortly. And not to worry when things are more challenging or stressful because you know there will be change. I think it can be a really comforting thing of it's all temporary. And like a year ago, I wouldn't have thought I would be doing the job I am doing now because I didn't know it was even an option on the table. Whereas things changed and it became an option. And that's the sort of thing that I try and keep in my mind when I, when there is change, because my default is very much, nope, don't like it. No, 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 no. We're going to skip with how things are. And actually, if I made a list, and I imagine this would be the same for you, if we made lists of all the times there's been change... And whether the outcome was net positive or net negative, most of the time, I think it'd be net positive. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that's like the whole point of us having this conversation at the start of the new year is that opportunity to be open to what might be coming to you. I just think it's a healthier mindset to have when you're approaching change rather than rather than feeling like you have to kind of start off on the back foot with change, rather than feeling caught out by change, seeing it as you don't know what's coming, you might not have even considered, exactly like you said with your job, you could not have foreseen that that was going to happen. But you were open to the idea of it and open to the idea of that change. And I think it's a much healthier way to think about change rather than being afraid of it.
1: Oh, for sure. Like you can't, I guess ultimately you can't, control whether things are going to change or not most of the time and if and actually the times you can control it sometimes even like that in itself can be a bit scary because you know that you're the only one who can make the difference and I imagine a lot of us are feeling that for the new year like nothing changes without change you can't get different results if you just keep doing the same thing so if you almost see that as an opportunity and run headfirst into it and go okay let's just go with this let's see what happens I have that curiosity it helps to take the edge off of it I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah because I was like I feel I don't know if you would agree but I think as we become older we get a bit more practiced at accepting and embracing change and yeah I feel like it is a muscle that you do need to keep flexing it and using it and I think that's the whole argument for not running away from change but the older you get the more things that life throws at you, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but it just proves to you that change is inevitable. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I appreciate what I have more and it becomes easier Mm -hmm. to be grateful for what I do have. So then it helps with the adjustment when I do choose to, I guess, be open change. I don't know if that makes sense, but being grateful for what I have so that when change comes along, I'm like, okay, I have all of these great things This is something that's different and it's new and it might be uncomfortable. It could be something that's good. I might not even know yet. Yeah, I I feel like age has definitely helped me with that change. Because when I was a teenager in my early 20s, God, the idea of change was just, I'd I'd go out of my way to avoid things changing.
1: And I actually think that makes it worse sometimes. Oh, yeah. Things still change. Because if it's like, if you go out of your way to try and avoid change, things will probably naturally trying to change a bit for a good reason. And by avoiding it, you kind of just like, you can't unknow it. You can't unknow that the change is meant to happen. So then you just stay in the same place, but you just feel a bit uncertain and unsettled by it. Then you're back to
0: being that rock in the water, aren't you? Where exactly. It's, it's It's hurting you more than it would be if you just went with the flow and embraced the change and tried to make the, the best or try to react in a way that was best for you
1: yeah and I think I try to think of like what is how would it be how would I perceive the way I'm reacting if it was someone else and I know mm-hmm. we often say that you shouldn't always look for that external validation it should be internal etc but I do think sometimes it's a helpful exercise to go, okay, if someone else is behaving or approaching change in the way that I'm approaching it right now, would I think that was admirable and positive and kind of inspiring, for lack of better words? Or would I kind of think it's a bit almost like outdated and stagnant and short-sighted And that's not to do it in a way that really casts like negative judgment on yourself or anything like that. I think it's just a good check-in to go, hold on. Am I actually showing up as the person I want to be? Because I don't think being really resistant to change is aligned with showing up as someone who does kind of prioritize growth and like that growth mindset.
0: And and that's where those like foundational habits come in, right? Like if you're, if you have, change coming up and it's something that you're not sure how to, to react or you're not sure how you feel about it or what whatever it might be to have that level of self-reflection like if this was happening to someone else or if someone was looking at me how would they think about how I'm reacting if you have those practices of journaling and mindfulness and checking in with yourself and just regularly keeping track of what your priorities are all of those small things that we speak about all the time but then if you have that level of self-reflection to think about how you're reacting to change I think it helps you again roll with the punches a little bit more
1: oh for sure and it's not easy I think it's actually like you're not going to suddenly say you embrace change and then enjoy it like I don't I wouldn't say I enjoy change like sometimes I do feel a bit like oh I need to change things up but I wouldn't say my go like my default go-to feeling is oh yay change it just isn't quite as scary i guess it's like okay this is happening like come on let's let's do it um and that's a bit more of a peaceful way to be i think
0: but that's come from you embracing change that's happened before and yeah learning it can be something that's like helpful to you or an opportunity or a, a learning point or whatever it might be that like, you you don't get to the point without allowing the discomfort of change coming in in the first place and being like oh okay this this feels uncomfortable but it's happened before or I felt like this before and it will be okay like I will come out yeah. the other side
1: and also looking at others who have gone through big change and going oh look they survived it and yes you only ever know like a portion of what someone's really going through but just if you're someone who's very resistant or scared of change you've got a prove to yourself that you've got to trick your mind or not even trick it because it isn't a lie, but reinforce the idea in your mind that change can be a good thing. People do it and have positive outcomes. You can survive it. You can thrive from change. I think if you can find those examples, not only like in your own life, but from people around you as well, it just helps enforce the idea that change doesn't have to be bad because that thing of like oh change is bad change is scary is fed to us from such a young age so kind of like subconsciously through media through tv through books whatever it is that actually it will take a lot of like active unpicking yeah
0: yeah god that's such a good point why does it even come from that we should be afraid of change like why is that just a thing that everyone knows is... Yeah, it's like
1: fear of the unknown.
0: Yeah. So we're, God, that's a whole separate conversation, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm really interested in like the things that we're taught that we don't know we're taught, and the yeah. things that become status quo and normal when actually it's not that like, there is no logical reason for it, like fearing change. Mm-hmm. I think it's very um yeah. interesting thing, but hopefully you found some comfort in this and kind of reassurance that yes there's a lot of change going on at this time of year but life's all like there's always change like I don't I can't think of a time where we've sat down and went, oh there's just no change at the moment because there's always something and even if it's quieter and it's not that external change I think that's the opportunity often you would take to look at those internal changes you can make yeah yeah absolutely it's, a nice, it's reassuring that things change, I think, in some ways. But we hope this has been reassuring or helpful for you. We'll be back next Wednesday. So hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you get your podcast from. It helps us to climb up the charts as well and get discovered by more people. You might have noticed we are coming up to our 200th episode of the podcast. How wild is that? Can you believe it? I cannot. 200. That actually blows my mind. Um. So if there's anything that you want us to do or discuss in the lead up to that please let us know that our email address is in the show notes we're also working on revamping our instagram page a bit as well so hopefully it'll be a bit more of like a collaborative community over there all positive happy good vibes keeping ourselves grounded all of those lovely um things so come over and say hi there as well let me say we'll bet next wednesday um and we hope you have a brilliant week bye
0: Bye.